Welcome to the Ship Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, July 3rd. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. Well, happy Independence Day weekend to everybody out there. We're going to talk a little gold. And then hopefully I'm going to send you on your way to have a really nice long weekend. So gold had another solid week and it finished the second quarter at its highest level in over eight years. On Tuesday, gold futures actually rose above $1,800 an ounce. Now the spot price didn't quite reach that level, but it has been knocking on the door. On the quarter, the yellow metal was up 13% and that was the biggest quarterly gain since 2016. Now, it was also a big quarter for the U.S. stock market. The Dow Jones just wrapped up its best quarter since 1987. The S&P 500 finished out its best three-month run since 1998. Of course, that was during the dot-com bubble. But you have to put the big gains in perspective. Stocks were coming off an abysmal first quarter. So with the exception of the NASDAQ, the major indexes remain negative on the year. You know, honestly, the stock market run still boggles my mind because, as I've said over and over on the show, it has no connection with economic reality. I mean, yes, we're seeing some recovery from the complete economic shutdown of March and April. You have to expect that, though. When you start at zero, getting to 10 looks pretty good, but you ain't at 100. So, yeah, unemployment is dropping as people went back to work and we had a better than expected jobs report. But even that seems shaky to me with some states starting to partially shut things down again with the spike in coronavirus cases. And it'll be be really interesting to see what happens to the job market when the government payments for keeping employees on the books end. But I'm still convinced we're basically recovering from a depression to a deep recession. And I think at some point, all of the rot in the basement of the economy is going to cave in. But right now, the Federal Reserve is doing a bang-up job of keeping things propped up. you got to give them that. And make no mistake, that's the single most important factor driving the stock market right now. It's got the printing presses humming, and it's propping up asset prices. But printing money out of thin air only goes so far, right? So speaking of the Fed, we got the minutes from the June FOMC meeting this week, and there is no sign that this monetary Hail Mary is going to end anytime soon. And therein lies the common denominator driving both the stock market and gold. There was no surprise in the minutes, but they did reaffirm that the Fed is committed to continuing its unprecedented monetary policy into the foreseeable future. And, and you know, when I say unprecedented. It truly is unprecedented. I mean, that word almost seems too small for the magnitude of what the Fed is doing. It's not just the 0% interest rates and the QE to infinity, you know, buying U.S. treasuries and mortgage-backed securities. The Fed is buying everything but the kitchen sink. It's even a player in the corporate bond market. You know, if you're interested, I published a list of the corporate bonds that the Fed has purchased through its so-called secondary market corporate credit facility. I'll link to it in the show notes page. But just pause for a moment and think about the practical impact of all this. The Fed has its big fat thumb 
on the bond market scales. Corporate bond prices are higher than they otherwise would be thanks to the fake demand created by the central bank. That means interest rates are lower than they otherwise would be. That means there is more capacity for corporations to borrow more money and dig themselves deeper into debt than there otherwise would be. This is an economy that was dangerously over-leveraged before the pandemic, and we have a central bank that is putting its hand on the market scales and creating even more debt. Anyway, according to the Fed minutes, the current unprecedented trajectory, quote, remains appropriate. Now, I don't know about you, but if you ask me, appropriate isn't exactly the word I would use to describe printing trillions of dollars out of thin air and manipulating bond markets so we can produce even more debt. But there you go. It's appropriate. The minutes noted a need for, quote, highly accommodative monetary policy for some time. In other words, this ain't ending anytime soon. The minutes emphasize that the central bankers aren't particularly optimistic about a fast recovery. Quote, participants commented that there remained an extraordinary amount of uncertainty and considerable risks to the economic outlook. The FOMC also expressed concern that the trillions of dollars in fiscal stimulus flowing out of Washington, D.C. might be insufficient. Yeah, that's another word I don't think I would use, insufficient for the amount of government stimulus. So it's not surprising that the Fed would like to see more government stimulus, though, right? You have to wonder what else the Fed can do to keep air in these bubbles. I guess they could still take interest rates negative, but Powell has expressed reluctance to go down that route. Now, if I were a betting man, I'd put money on negative rates. Maybe not in the next few months, but ultimately, I think they will take them negative. Still, the reality is Powell and company have made it abundantly clear that they will do whatever it takes to keep the air in the stock market bubble. They fired an awful lot of bullets, and there isn't a whole lot of ammo left in the armory. So it'll be interesting to see what they do moving forward. I want to spend the rest of the show taking a closer look at gold's bull run. Did you know that this actually has been a pretty long run up? If you look at the price trajectory, it actually started back in the fourth quarter of 2015. And then it really got rolling in the fourth quarter of 2018. In fact, since then, we've had seven straight quarterly gains in the price of gold. That's the longest run of consecutive gains since the Great Recession. But to me, the important thing that we need to wrap our heads around is that gold has been rallying since long before the COVID-19 pandemic. You know, people tend to get pretty short-sighted. This is especially true in the investment world. Yesterday, when the unemployment report came out, I watched gold shed about 10 bucks in less than two hours, but nothing had really changed fundamentally, right? So I think it's important to step back and look at the longer trends and the economic fundamentals and not get too caught up in the day-to-day news and all of the stuff that the talking heads on CNBC and Fox Business are yammering about. After all, for most of us, investing is a long-term game, right? We're trying to build and preserve our wealth over the long haul. Now, I know some of you might be day trading and trying to play the ups and downs of the markets, and that's cool. More power to you. But that's not really my focus. 
I'm not a gambler. I'm an investor. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not being critical of people who work the short-term ups and downs. If you sold gold before the jobs report yesterday and then bought the dip, there was certainly money to be made. But for most of us, I don't think that's really our game. So let's step back for a minute and look at this long bull run gold has been on. It's not just the Rona. So what's going on? Now, like I said, you can really trace the current bull market in gold back to 2015. And and really, you could argue it started during the 2008 financial crisis and that we just had a correction between 2011 and 2015. Gold hit its record in dollar terms of just over $1,900 an ounce in 2011. Then it dropped back to just over $1,000 an ounce. So that's the big correction. Why? Because everybody thought that the Fed was going to unwind. They thought that the central bank was going to try to normalize rates and shrink the balance sheet. But we didn't even get the first rate hike until the final quarter of 2015. And I think by then, people were starting to think maybe this ain't going to happen. And in fact, the Fed didn't make another move until the end of 2016. By then, gold was starting to claw its way back. It wasn't until 2017 that the Fed started trying to raise rates in earnest with three hikes that year. Then in 2018, it put the pedal to the metal with four more hikes and balance sheet reduction. Now, if you look at the trajectory of gold, it was pretty choppy in 2016 through the end of 2018. It took a big leg up in 2016 when the Fed failed to follow through on that first rate hike, and then it sputtered a little as the central bank toyed with normalization. Then in Q4 2018, the whole thing fell apart. That fall, as you'll probably remember, the stock market tanked, prompting the Fed to put the brakes on normalization with the Powell pause, followed by three rate cuts in 2019. As the Fed eased, gold climbed. And the coronavirus put the easing into hyperdrive. And here we are. Gold was up 18% last year and we're up 16% on the year already in 2020. As I talked about on the show last week, even the mainstream is starting to talk about record gold prices within the next year. Goldman Sachs, Bank of America, and this week you can add Citibank to that list. The key takeaway is that the stock market crash in 2018 was bound to happen. The markets, and really the broader economy, are addicted to Fed stimulus. You can't take the drug away from the addict. There is no way the Fed was ever going to be able to normalize after 2008. Peter Schiff was saying that all along, and he was absolutely right. And again, I can't emphasize this enough. The bottom was falling out of this before coronavirus. The stock market was in trouble. The air was coming out of the bubble at the end of 2018 going into 2019. The economy was shaky. Debt was at record levels and starting to really drag the economy down. We were seeing tremors in the subprime auto loan market and the subprime credit card market and gold was going up. The Fed managed to hook up a pump and start blowing air back into the bubble in 2019, but it never fixed the hole in the tire. You know, imagine a dude with a bicycle pump and he's pumping away, but he never does fix the tire. Air is coming out, leaking out, even as air is being pumped in. So before the pandemic, the Fed was kind of keeping pace and things were steady-ish in 2019, but only because the Fed was already engaged in extraordinary monetary policy before there was even a hint of the Rona. Remember, 
three rate cuts in 2019. We had repo operations trying to stabilize the overnight lending markets, and we had quantitative easing. Of course, Powell refused to call it quantitative easing, but it was quantitative easing before the pandemic. Coronavirus just shot this thing to the moon. So here's the question that you have to consider. If the Fed couldn't exit from its 2008 policy, how in the hell is it going to exit from this monstrosity? This is why I think gold has a long way to run up, and silver too. In fact, if you look at history, silver has even more upside potential than gold. It has typically outperformed gold during a gold bull market, and the silver-gold ratio was back over 100 a week or so ago. That means silver is still basically on sale. So, how do you take advantage of all of this? How does this impact your investment strategy, your portfolio? This is where I tell you to call a shift gold precious metal specialist and discuss it with them. These guys can help you figure it out. They can help you customize your investment strategy to what the future uh, likely has in store. So just call 1-88-GOLD-160 or shoot them an email at info at shiftgold.com. These guys are great. They can help you out. So with that, that is a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com news. And if you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap podcast at iTunes, on Stitcher, on Google Play, or you can subscribe to the Shift Gold YouTube channel and get the podcast there. Links to all this stuff are on the show notes page. Uh, I appreciate you listening to the show. Again, I hope you have a great Independence Day weekend. Shout out to my sister uh, on her birthday. And uh, that's a wrap. I'll talk to you next time.